And another warm-hearted good morning from our Brunkman Studios here in Kilner Park in Pretoria. The program where we tackle contentious issues that affects our Christian world. Well, following is the extracts from an article in the Daily Maverick Online's paper and begs the question, where to next? The article states that in a 2001 report, Human Rights Watch writes... And I quote, violent crimes on South African farms has recently become a high-profile media and political issue. Some of this attention has focused on assaults on the farm residents by white farmer owners. But the heightened interest has been driven mostly by a rise in violent crimes against white farm owners. Almost 20 years later, attacks on farms and small holdings Anti-police and government's response have continued to be a emotive and racially charged issue that threatens to spiral into further violence as the farming community's demands action while others criticize the farmers' actions. For decades, farmers, and particularly white farmers and their lobby groups, have claimed that the police have failed to act on violent attacks in rural areas. This anger was evident as the farming communities protested at the Senegal's Magistrates' Court last week, Tuesday, where two men appeared for the brutal murder of 22-year-old farm manager Brendan Horner. Demonstrators stormed the courthouse where a gunshot was fired, and it's still not clear whether by police or protesters. And, sadly so, a police vehicle was set on fire. A day earlier, however, SAP's National Commissioner, Kela Sitole, with uh, AgriSA, the Commercial Farmers Union, TLUSA, and AfriForum were in Pretoria, where they appeared to agree on a plan to curb the farm attacks. The Human Rights Watch reported title Unequal Protection. The state's response to violent crimes on South African farms found that the state had failed to protect the residents of commercial farming areas and its safety plan, which used commando units made up of army reservists as well as police reservists and security groups to help combat the crime. Now, this left black farm workers particularly vulnerable with the commandos committing serious abuses. Dr. Johan Berger, a consultant at the Institute for Security Studies, said the commandos were the main force behind the rural safety plan at the time, and the disbandment brought an end to police commitment to rural safety. He also states, and I quote, it destroyed whatever system was in place. President Cyril Ramaphosa and Minister of Police Becky Tsele have been criticized by political parties and farming groups for allegedly dismissing the issue of farm murders. In 2018, President Ramaphosa told U.S. President Donald Trump there are no killings of white farmers and land grabs in South Africa. The reason emotions run high when it comes to farm murders and the attacks is directly related to the fact that President Cyril Ramaphosa denied that farmers are being murdered in South Africa in New York in 2018, claimed the Freedom Front Plus in a statement after this week's protests in Senegal. Question remains, what role 
have Christians, you and I, to play with emotions on the edge and a potential for civil war that could totally destroy beautiful South Africa. Brandpunt investigates and asks what would be a biblical response to these and other unfolding events in South Africa. Don't stray or go away as we'll be back with our respondents right after this. From the Western Cape, Professor Dion Foster got him online. Dion, in your understanding, what would be a biblical response to Christians, not just saying it, guys, but doing it? How would you inspire Christians to act according to the unfolding events at the moment in, in South Africa and especially in Senegal? Benan, thanks very much. And such a, a topical and important issue. You know, I find it uh, so important. We, we're a country where 84% of our citizens say that they bear the name of Christ and we can see that the ways in which we deal with one another are not always uh, Christ-like. And um, I, I can understand why persons are feeling, you know, energized, and particularly what we are seeing in, in Senegal, how it can, can get persons on, on all sides of this particular uh, issue, um, you know, heated and, and wanting to engage in very, very strong ways. And um, in particular, you know, the, the issue of, of where is the church? And of course, the reality is that the church is in Senegal. It is the people who, who inhabit that area, who inhabit that town. It's persons who experience violence and persons who perpetrate violence, unfortunately. So, Bainant, my sense is that we need to be Christ-like in everything that we do. We need to have the mind and the attitude of Christ. And the first thing that we know is that there is a myth around redemptive violence, that somehow we can use violence to bring peace, that somehow we can use these forms of, of protest to bring about peace. And that is a myth. It cannot happen. That's not the way of Jesus. The way of Jesus is, is, is far stronger than that. It's far stronger than violence. It's the way of love. It's about finding some way to win over those who you might view as your enemy and to bring them into a redemptive relationship where both you and they are safe. So I really want to encourage sisters and brothers in communities across South Africa, let's recognize the image of God in one another. Let's not seek to destroy or dehumanize each other, but let's look upon each other with the same love that God looks upon us and say, what can I see in you? That, that can be saved, that can be redeemed, that can be renewed, that can be transformed for the sake of, of God's kingdom of love and peace and prosperity and flourishing for all. John, thank you for sharing your heart with us here at Brunpen in Gauteng. And thank you for your boldness to speak out against what's happening in South Africa and the role that we as Christians have to play. Thank you, Raynaud. God bless you. I also have the privilege of speaking to Reverend Moss Ntla. I've got him online. Reverend Moss, with all the uh, unfolding events in uh, South Africa, and especially in Senegal at the moment, and the left and the right, lots of war talk and scared people in South Africa for uh, a civil war in this country. What role do we as Christians have to play from a biblical perspective, irrespective of race, creed, or color? If we have to represent Christ in this situation, what would you say to believers right now, sir? Thanks, Renat, and uh, thanks to Radio Pulpit listeners. Obviously, the, the, the fun matters are a terrible indictment on our a testimony as a people who have known the grace of God in this country. We all recall the, the miracle of 1994, where 
almost everyone, every commentator, whether it is secular or religious, spoke about the 1994 as a miracle. And as Christians, that is our language. That is our understanding of what happened to us as a people in 1994. We have a responsibility to be a witness of what God did to us. Uh, what God helped us to see is that, that it is possible for black and white to live together in harmony, in, in, in peace, in uh, mutuality. And so we as Christians ought to be in the forefront of uh, fighting any uh, attempt to dismantle the legacy that Nelson Mandela gave us, that we are a people who are one, we are a rainbow people that can weather the storms of injustice, of uh, bigotry, of any sort, from black or from white. So I think as Christians, we ought to be an encouragement to those who seek justice, who seek um, peace, who seek transformation of our society. And so I think it is something that only Christians can uphold because they do they do it with the power of the Spirit. They do it with the assurance that Jesus said, I will be with you always. I don't know any other political group or social group that has God's promise that I will be with you always as you as you continue in the work of uh, being a witness to Jesus Christ. So I think it's a, a wake-up call to the church in South Africa. Uh, do we uh, recognize that the what God has, the gains that we have uh, gained over the last several years are in danger of being reversed? And it is up to us to consolidate them uh, to advance the project of reconciliation. And thankfully, there are many in the church. Uh, I myself am part of a, a Christian uh, initiative that works uh, in the area of racial reconciliation and, uh, and helping people to move from racism to reconciliation. And both black and white, uh, we carry very deep wounds from our past. And it is important that we do not allow those wounds to be, uh, our memory of those wounds to be stronger than our vision going forward. And we, as we, if our memory is stronger than our vision, then we will, we will find that we we just run aground and and are unable to continue being a faithful witness of our Lord Jesus Christ. Reverend Moss, thank you so much for sharing your heart about the uh, unfolding events in uh, South Africa and that we as Christians have definitely a role to play. Thank you, sir. God bless you. Thank you, Werner. Welk gesels ook met die hoof van levende woord Suid-Afrika, Neville Norden, en ek het vir hom aanleid, na aanleiding van die gebede in Senekal. Neville, vanuit die bybelse perspektief, wat is die rol wat gelovigis het om te speel in hierdie baie, baie belangrike seisoen waar ons ons nou bevind in Suid-Afrika. As ek die Heere Jesus wil verteenwoordig en hy noem ons sout en licht, dan het ek een verantwoordelikheid, want hy sê in Johannes 20:21, soos die vader my gesteer het, stier ek jylle. En die Heere kom in Jesaja 9, 6 praat daarvan, hy kom as een vredevors en een prins van vrede. Soos ek onverteenwoordig moet ek ernste inpak van een vrede voorse en die prins van vrede. <coughs> Keer ons goed wat gebeur het, glad nie. Ek het familie wat boer 
en die hele tijd moet hulle nuchter en waakzaam wees, en dit moet ons wees, sê in Petrus 5.8. Ons het ook een verantwoordelijkheid, die verantwoordelijkheid le baie diep. As ons kyk daarna, dan sê die Heere vir ons, en baie duidelik, dat met die wat uh, iemand malgis oor afkap, sê die Heere vir hom, as jy van die swaars wil lewe, gaan jy van die swaars sterwe. Maar, dan het ek nodig om ook te verstaan, dat die Heere kom in Lukas, en hy sê in Lukas 22, kom hy en hy praat, as het ware, met die disciples, hy sê, toe ek jylle uitgestuur het, het jylle iets nodig gehad, en hulle sê, nee, ons lees van Lukas 22, vanaf 35, hy sê, maar nou, as jy er bebaaike het, gaan verkoop om, en koop is zwaard, so ek en jy moet ons self kan bewapen, maar ek moet nie van die wapen lewe nie, hy kom en hy sê, hulle sê vir meester, ons het twee zwaarde, hy sê, dis genoeg, so ek, as ek een wapen het, en ek moet, soos Pieter van een westhuis en Joosse broer, twee mense doodgeskiet het in die kerk, en hy sê omdat hy met een wapen kan werk, en hy sê hy moes van een gerwese sille, en dis van kardinale belang, maar wat ons ook nodig het om te weet, is dat die woord sê vir ons in Jacobus 5, en die Heer het my in 1984-85 kerstfeest, het die Heer my een woord gegee, ek het dit in een gemeente gedeel, die prediker was nie baie bindruk met my nie, ek het gelees uit Jacobus 5 vers 4, kyk die loon van die arbeiders wat jylle lande afgehoos het, wat jylle achtergehou het, roep uit, en die geroep van die maaiers het gekom tot in die oore van die Heere van die leerskare. Ek het toe gesê in die diens, hier kom een nieuwe regering, dis 9 jaar, voor 94, hier kom een nieuwe regering, omdat die loon, wat nie betaal word, uitgeroep, uitroep na die Heere, vir vergelding, ek keer glad nie, moord goed nie, dis nie die antwoord nie, en dat iets gedoen moet word, dat die politie meer waakzaam moet word, wees, dis verseker, en ek denk as iets gebeur het in die tyd, dan het die politie begin wakker raak, ek denk in die area, Um, ek weet nie in wat er mate allemaal betrokken is nie, maar daar moet een zwaar straf wees vir ou wat moord as een oplossing sien. Ek wil net die ding lees, in die tyd wat ek op die Heere wacht oor een nieuwe regering, gee die Heere my hierdie woord uit nummer 23. Hy begin in vers 19 en hy sê, God is geen man dat hy so lieg of een mensekind dat het om so berou. So iets sê en dit nie doen nie of spreek jy nie waar maak nie. So hy kom as een vredemaker. Maar dan sê hy, in vers 21, as nummer 23, een mens aanskou geen ongerechtigheid in Jacob. Hierdie woord in die Hebrews is afween. Dit beteken afgode. Hy het nie in die tyd afgode gehad nie. Maar hy gaan aan en hy sê, en hy sien geen onheil in Israel nie. Daar die woord in Hebrews is amal en dit beteken onderdrukkende arbeid. Daar is nodig dat ons ook kyk, en vir die Heere vraag, Heere, skend, want dis arbeid wat skend, ek betaal iemand so'n loon, dat hulle skaars kan lewe. En hy sê, dat as jy dit, as dit daar is, dan, as daar billike loone betaal word, as geen afgode nie, dan sê hy, 
God wat hulle uit Egypte uitgeleid het, is vir hulle, soos die oorings van die buffel. So as ons wil hee, die Heere moet van ons veg, moet ons kyk dat daar nie onderdrukkende arbeid is nie. Mense vraag my, hoe doen jy? Jy kom by mekaar, soos hierdie een boer, my familie, hulle doen nie selle. Hulle dat die kry ons kreis salaris, en dan deel hulle in die winste. Hulle beskerm hierdie boere met hulle lewe. Dan sê hy, kyk, volk wat opstaan soos een leeuwen, en soos een leeuw verhef hy om. Hy gaan nie leef voordat hy die roof eet, en die bloed wat verslaan is, drink nie. Die konst heb hier is, Jacob, hy sê, dan sal geen waarserij, geen toverij, ek lees weer, as geen toverij teen Jacob, of waarserij teen Israel. Nou sal Jacob, nou sal van Jacob en van Israel gesê word, wat God gedoen het. Ek wil afsluit dier te sê dat, in die tyd, om te gaan met wapens, sê Jacobus 21, die wraak van een man, bewerk nie die gerechtigheid van God nie. Dat hierdie ding begin gebeur, dat die kennisboere, of dat die regering daarvan kennis neem, is verseker so. Ons het die verantwoordelikheid. Ons is gemeente het ingetree en gebid, dat as moore die boere kan kom, en hy kan saamkneel, en sê wat hier gebeur het, toe politievoertuig gebrand is, toe daar oproer was, is verkeerd. Ons was nie recht nie. Ons het nie gekom as een verteenwoordiger van die vredevors van die prins van vrede. En ons is bereid om die skade te betaal in die kniel en sê, Heere, laat hierdie vir ons een godelike ingrijping wees in Zuid-Afrika. Want geel, bruin, wit en zwart is allemaal kostbaar in die oor van Heere. Jakobus of handelinge 1726 sê, ons is van een bloed gemaakt. En as ons dit kan doen, en vrede najaag, en die Heere sê na Hebreus, dat in Hebreus 13, dat ons die vrede moet najaag, met alle mense, dan glo ek, gaan hier die mooie land, een beeld word, waar die wereld na gaan kyk en sê, dis hoe ons probleme oplos. Ek bid vir die boere, ek het familie wat boere is, en ek het verlede jaar, twee jaar terug gaan bedien, nadat daar een boer in die omgeving van vermoor is, op 16 december. Maar, ek kan nie anders as die woord gaan nie. Ek is van levende woord, my opinie tel nie, want as my opinie so tel, hoe ek voel, dan geloof werk nie dier gevoel nie. Ek moet weet wat God sê, dis die maatstaf. Wat ek voel, tel nie. My opinie tel nie. Andersens, waarom het God sy woord gegeen? My gebed is ons bly intree werkelijk vir vrijdag dat dit het draaipunt sal bring in die geschiedenis van ons land in plaas van een ontlontingspunt. Nebel, baie dankie dat jy jou hart ook met ons gedeel het. Baie dankie die vir die voorrege en ek ons bly bid. Dis wat ons kan doen. Die gebed van die rechtvaardige het groot kracht beloof die Heere. Well, on the line, I've got Graham Power. Graham, thank you so much for sharing your heart with us. On the ticking time bomb that's called Senecal at the moment, what would be a biblical response? What would your message be to the farming community, to Christians? How are we as Christians to respond to what's happening in South Africa at the moment? Yeah, Vainant listeners, it's a joy to chat with you again. I have not seen this amount of fear and anger 
and it reminds me of what we went through in the late 80s, early 90s. Um, it is hectic, and of course, we know that before COVID, unemployment was at 30%. Now, it's at 42% and growing, and some folks even believe that it's going to get as high as 50%. With this amount of unemployment comes crime and violence, and of course, land invasion, murders, farm murders, murders in the townships, etc., um, is a daily occurrence, and it's around us, and it's amongst us. Uh, it's hectic, and of course, corruption is rampant. Um, I'm of the view we'll not rid South Africa of systemic poverty unless we can rid it of systemic corruption. And, of course, um, if there's not job creation and people have got this amount of people without work, there will be things like people going onto farms, stealing, and with that comes murders and all the other stuff. So it is uh, hectic. I think the Brendan Horner, Sienecal thing um, has just tipped that, uh, you know, that uh, edge where people have just, as you say, it's a ticking time bomb. You know, we must also think that, well, first of all, um, that uh, scripture which I've shared with you often, Vainant, which I carry on my arm, 2 Chronicles 7.14, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then the promise God gives you and I, then I'll hear from heaven. Forgive your sin and heal your land. We, South Africa, need a healing now, a revival, a transformation like never before. And I am really, really concerned. On the other hand, I want to say to you, um, we have had some serious prayer gatherings. Right? We were together in Bloemfontein with over a million people. We had the It's Time in Cape Town two years ago. Our dams were empty. We were on 15 liters of water maximum per person. Today, our dams are overflowing, 101% full right now today. The farmers in the Western Cape have got bumper crops. Things do turn. For every up, there's a down. For every down, there's an up. And I believe there's never been in the world a drought that has not been broken. So, yes, we are all very concerned. And we need to, uh, we need to watch out that we don't get caught up in this hype because when we turn on a, a news report or we listen to uh, a radio or we look at a newspaper, front page, it's corruption. It's land invasions, it's murders, etc. And we can so easily fall into a state of hopelessness, you know, just desperation. Yeah. Right. And, uh, so a yeah. biblical response, your message then to every Christian and every farmer, irrespective of race, color or creed, your message in a nutshell. There's got to be love and forgiveness, etc. It is easy for one to get so angry and get so mad. The racial divides in our country, sadly, is as rife as it's ever been. I just want to quote one key scripture, which I have recently um, has come so strong to me, and that's Psalm 126, verse 4, 5, and 6, which says, Restore our fortunes, O Lord, like streams in the Negev. Those who sow in tears will reap with songs of joy. He who goes out weeping, carrying seed to sow, will return with songs of joy, carrying sheaves with him. So I want to say to you, I am uh, being careful to um, just say to myself, you've got to wake up each morning and see the positives around us. And yes, we are extremely concerned about what's going on in the country, politically, economically. Jobs come with that, unemployment and all the crime and violence. And I want to say to you, we have been there in the 80s. And we thought, will we ever come through that? And we did. 
And now I want to say to you that I believe we again are needing to stand together as the church. I had the privilege yesterday of being on a on a, a webinar with Chief Justice McQueen, where there were 300 leaders from the country just saying, what is it that we can do? And I really believe, we've really got to stand together at this time. This is when it takes leadership to lead. And I include from our president to business leaders, to church leaders, the time is now for us to stand up. We need role models. We need people that are willing to be bold, not to be politically correct, say the things that we need to say. And, of course, we need better policing and we need better uh, uh, all kinds of leadership in this country. Two key challenges, leadership and corruption. Those are the two we've got to tackle. With that, then, that the heart and mind of Graham Power on the current events in South Africa. Graham, thank you for sharing your heart with us. Thanks, Vainan. Bless you. I'm speaking to the Reverend Paul Kupayan. Would you believe it? She's just arrived in Senegal right now. Paul, what would your message be to Christians, to the farming community, yeah. the racial divide as big as ever in this country? And we as Christians need to play a role. And I believe you in Senegal now to go and pray there. What would your message be to the body of Christ from a biblical perspective, what would you say to farmers, to yeah. Christians, to all South Africans this morning? Thank you, Benan, for that. And, you know, I just believe your call is timeless because of the exact time that you found was our exact arrival in Senegal. And the Lord has brought us here as a team. And I want to tell you that there are white Afrikaners, white male boers, uh, there are people representing the so-called colored community. I'm a black woman, of course. And the message is a message of unity. That South Africa is a nation that God has set aside, consecrated for this time. There's a prophetic word over South Africa that there's revival that is being carried. And I truly believe that revival is on the cusp, is about to be broke, breaking out. And the one thing that the enemy always does to make sure that there's no revival, as he brings division and strife. Because remember, Venant, that God said to those before the fire and tongues broke out, he said, I want you to stay in one place in one accord. Stay in one place and be in one accord. And then the tongues of fire broke out. The enemy, I want to give this message to South Africa. The enemy knows that the time of revival is here. And he's trying to use the spirit of murder and chaos to bring division and divide South Africa around, along racial lines. And the solution is not to fight one another, because every life is important to God. Every life of every farmer, every life of every boer, every life of every farm worker, every life of, of, of gender-based violence, woman, every life, regardless of your color, your tribe, your, your gender, your age, Every life matters to God. And so South Africa, we must come together in unity, not allow the enemy to bring division, hatred, and strife. We are putting this nation before God, and we are releasing, we are putting up banners of love, we are putting up banners of unity, we are putting up banners of peace, because that is the antidote to the division, strife that the enemy wants to bring. John 10.10 says that the devil came to steal, kill, and destroy. That is his mission, is to use racial divide and hatred to steal, kill, and destroy the future and destiny of South Africa and the continent. But as believers, 
We will arise in love, in unity, and in peace. And and John 10, 10 also says that Yeshua HaMashiach, who is the Lord Jesus, said that he came to give life and that we might have it more abundantly. So we are here. We are speaking over the gates of South Africa. We are releasing unity. We are releasing love and peace. We are putting banners over the gates, over the areas of the intersection. We are releasing banners of love and unity and peace. And I'm calling on every South African here to refuse to allow the seed of hatred, the seed of bitterness to enter into their hearts. And let's rise up and pray for this beloved nation of ours. Let's rise up and, and, and resist hatred. And let's rise up and call on God and believe that God is transitioning us. Um, Violet, I just want to give this very quick prophetic word and say this to you. That as we were driving here, the Lord reminded me of a woman giving birth and being in labor. And he's reminded me that the time when a woman is about to birth is called the transition period. It is the most painful time of giving birth. And it's when the woman wants to give up. But the medical scientists and doctors say that that is the time you must never lie down and give up. That's the time you must begin to labor and walk around. And so South Africa, I want to declare to you right now prophetically that we are in this transition time. God is transitioning us into a time of revival. He's transitioning us into a time of, of victory. He's transitioning us into a time of deliverance. South Africa will be a nation that will release blueprints, economic blueprints, governmental blueprints. As we are the rainbow nation, it is a covenant. We have a covenant with God, and God is going to, about to do a new thing. We are declaring Isaiah 43, 18, forgetting the former things, and we're moving into Isaiah 43, 19, that, believing that God is about to do a new thing, and he's bringing springs out of every barrenness and wilderness. He's bringing springs of life, springs of peace, springs of victory, springs of prosperity, springs of unity. This is the message to South Africa. So let's arise and shame the devil, South Africa. Let's arise and begin to release prophetic words of unity and peace and love over this beloved nation. We are going to testify and the baby's about to be birthed, to be given, born to in this season. And so we bless God for you. And thank you, Vinan, for just praying with us. And thank you for releasing this. October the 16th, which is Friday, is going to be the bail hearing of the young man, the, the, the precious soul whose life was prematurely taken, Brendan Horner. Let's remember the, the, the families. Let's remember his family and pray for them. But let's also remember the families of every individual, every soul that has been murdered. Let's pray for every family, not just one family, but for every family who has lost life. And let's pray for the peace of God that passes all understanding to be their portion. Let us not be divided. Let us not look at murders in terms of race. Let's not look at murders in terms of gender. But let's look at murders the way God sees it, that every soul is precious to him. And so let's attack the spirit of murder and come against the spirit of murder, knowing that every life is precious. Acts 17.26 says that God made all of men. From one blood, from one man, God made every race. Let's remember that. So we bless God for you, Venanda, and we thank God for you. Paul Coupe, we honor the Lord for your life, your boldness, and your outspokenness. Thank you for speaking to us here at Radio Pulpit. Thank you so much, Venanda. God bless you.